You can skip this meeting info disclaimer by going to the two minute and 30 second mark. This is a comedy show about black mental health and race. None of the views expressed here should be considered advice. This is a content and trigger warning. Some audience members may find the show's content to be harmful and disturbing. Not as annoying as this fucking music. This comedy discusses issues that are adult in nature. You must be 18 or older to listen. The views expressed are independent of any podcast platforms or sponsors. Now that we've eliminated, exploited, or offended everyone in the known fucking universe, please enjoy the show. If you have an actual emergency, please dial 911. Peace. You have public access to listen to this Zoom meeting live. Friday nights after midnight, around 3 a.m., actually Saturday morning, which is 3 a.m., by dialing in at 646-876-9923. That's 646-876-9923. Welcome to Zoom. Enter your meeting ID followed by pound. Our meeting ID is 819-6724-8120. That's 819-6724-8120. Meeting ID. The passcode is 307404. That's 3074 zero four three zero seven four zero four thank you and we'll see you inside our zoom meeting on black mental health and race you are in the meeting now you are the first participant please stand by cool assalamualaikum brother peace to god Peace to the universe. What's going on? Mm. Let me turn off this damn AC. Put my AC in the window, brother. It's getting hot. Hot outside, hot in the mind. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a blessing that you got AC, bro. Shootings. Huh? It's a blessing that you got, AC. Damn right, because I ain't got too much else out. (laughs) (laughs) It's my one luxury. Hey, bro. Um, You got, you got, you got, you got your health, so you're good. That's right. I ain't complaining. Uh, As my daughter told me last week, I ain't um. Complaining about nothing that I have. Yep. Just grateful to have it. Yeah. This is the week of. What week is this, brother? The week of the 4th of July weekend. Damn sure is. I should have known that without even having to look at the calendar. Sometimes my, um, calendar in my head, my my head clock is off. 
Last week, I believe. Hmm. Last week, I believe that Thursday was Saturday. Now, that's way off. <laughs> like, how come brother didn't uh, call me yet? <laughs> it wasn't even Friday. Jesus Christ. I had these, uh, hmm, had these dreams and not waking up for the podcast. So. It's in my subconscious somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about a lot of um, to the audience you are listening to black men uh, having a conversation. The name of this show is Black Mental Health and Race. We talk about a lot of issues. We try to keep it lighthearted and um, not give advice, but to give understanding and receive understanding. Um, so there's a two-way street because all information should be in exchange going back and forth in order for it to be productive, at least in my opinion. This is uh, Black Mental Health and Race. I am your host, MF Doug. And my co-host is Dr. Moore. Each week we come on and try to pick each other's brains about um, current events and um, how we deal with racism in um, the great white American rhetoric. Welcome back to our show, Dr. Moore. Indeed. Uh, anything that you wanted to discuss? Uh, no, bro, not, not anything in particular. Um, I'm open to whatever's on, whatever thoughts is on your mind. Oh, excellent, brother. I, I did have a subject this week. Um, usually we're like the dynamic duo. We are crime fighters in the um of the future in the current world of backwardness ment- mentally and um spiritual wickedness um and we have all of these um political and analytical um thoughts that we um exchange and I thought this week that we'll approach it from a little lighthearted um, perspective. Um, I know you're familiar with the series called Atlanta. Uh, uh-huh. You're the one that um, had suggested I watch it. Uh-huh. I know back in um, maybe a couple of years back, I had suggested that you see um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And um, let me know what you think about it. And, that, what's, uh, the name? what's the name? Oh, let me write this down. What's the name of it? It was a movie called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? What is that on? 
that is um you should be able to find it on um anywhere on the internet um and since it's an older movie it should um it should be on one of the movie channels um it's by the Cohen brothers the same people not the Cohen is it the Cohen brothers let me make sure that I have the right people because I get the Cohen brothers mixed up with the Wachowski brothers. And one of them made the Matrix and the other made the um, a series of um, movies in a sort of uh, Quentin Tarantino-ish uh, way. Oh, brother, we're out there. So I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Um, so when I looked at Atlanta, which is what we're going to discuss tonight, I, I got the same uh, feeling that um, it was quite uh, confusing at first. But then I looked up what type of... Uh, genre is uh, Atlanta, and they said it was um, surrealism. I'm like, yeah, I think I know what that word means, but uh, let me just make sure that I know what is surreal. And um, not just the definition, but um, the word means um, something that's, that's out of this world. It's, it, it's not meant to be believable, but to just allow one's mind to just um, drive off the cliff, if you will, proverbially. Um, yeah, and I, I did look up example, the... The best example <laughs> for surreal for me would be sex. Hmm. <laughs> In reality, <laughs> and I don't or, mean or in in the in Atlanta. <laughs> well, I mean sex in the sense that not not necessarily for me, but the way that I see sex dominate people is almost surreal. Hmm. The feeling that they feel is almost like hmm. a surreal feeling, and people don't that, know. That's a good example. Yeah, so it's a surreal feeling. Like it's like out of this world for some people. And you see them become addicted and keep coming back. Or you see them do things that they would normally do because they, they don't understand the feeling that they feel. You know, mm. but it's such a surreal feeling for them. Yeah, that that um, would explain it. Um, the... Cohen brothers, Ethan Cohen and Joe Cohen are the directors of um, the Oh Brother Where Art Thou. It's based on um, the classic uh, Western classic literature um, called The Odyssey. I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with The Odyssey, but it is about um, 
How would you explain the Odyssey? Have you ever read the Odyssey? This thing the is Iliad. long. The Iliad and the Odyssey. The, yeah, the Iliad yeah. is one um, uh, a piece of literature, and the Odyssey is another. Um, well, it actually goes into like um, a dream sequence about um, which um, is used in the Western literature to explain a lot of things that seem to be unexplained in reality. Um, so that's why I mentioned the Cohen brothers, the Wachowski brothers are the ones that did the Matrix. The Cohen brothers, however, did this um, movie called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? based on the adaptation of the Odyssey. Um, tonight, uh, let's try and discuss the um, the TV series or whatever they call it, a live streaming of um, the streaming uh, platform on Hulu uh, for Atlanta. Um, it is in the genre of surrealism, um, where you take um, things that are not actually true, but you use it to show some type of um, how something could be absolutely absurd and ridiculous. Unfortunately, while you're watching it, especially if you're someone like me, I'm, I'm like a critical um, analyst about everything, which can be kind of anal at, at some point where you like always analyzing things. Um, I thought that um, some of the episodes were stupid and almost off-putting, but I think you had this same reaction about oh brother where art thou um, when you initially watched it I don't even remember if you remember that you had given me a reaction to I don't. like what the hell was this that <laughs> you I got don't. me watching this is, this is racist <laughs> I don't I don't so that, that tells you a lot about what I thought about that hmm and so um it's apropos to what we're going to attempt to discuss tonight. Um, and you may say in the audience, what does this have to do with black mental health and race? I think it has a lot to do with it, especially season three of Atlanta. A lot of, um, now here's a show ironically about Atlanta, the ATL, Hotlanta, and the show uh, moves its plot to Europe, particularly um, Amsterdam. They were in Amsterdam, they were in Paris, and they were in London in some of these episodes. Um, what I'm going to do, brother, is see if uh, any of these episode titles jaws your memory 
about season three, and let's see if we can discuss them. Um, in the meantime, um, R. Kelly has been sentenced to 30 years. I thought he was already sentenced just to show how much I didn't give a fuck about that. Um, I do give a fuck that um, there is some retribution. However, it's ironic that to get him put in jail for 30 years, they had to let everyone that helped him. And with that type of uh, crime of sex trafficking, young uh, minors, it takes more than one person. Now was it? I, I did uh, Now was he sex trafficking, or, or was he just having sex with minors? Uh, was that once the same you go, thing? once you go across state line with with the um, um, victim, it's it's called sex trafficking okay. because you not only had sex with a minor, which would be statutory rape, but you got a whole another thing going on when you cross state lines. And that's why the um, the case in which he was just sentenced for 30 years was a federal case here in New York City in the um, Brooklyn Federal Court. I was so close to the situation and didn't even realize that, um, in fact, he... R. Kelly was back here this week for his sentencing. He has been detained for three years um, without bail for this charge. And he had a case and he lost the case. And today uh, or this week was the sentencing. So that was in the news in the last two days. Any comment on that before we continue to a more lighthearted discussion? No, not really, bro. Um, <laughs> what really, about huh? the implication that, that so many people were allowed immunity to testify against him? The very people that orchestrated or, or helped him to orchestrate his um, criminal activities. Well, I think it's politics, bro. Um, mm. You know, it's no different than, you know, mobsters, you know, people like John Gotti, they're always cutting the deal, you know, same way with um, drugs. Any other any other case, bro. Um, the system is just rigged like that, bro. It's 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 designed to. Um, it's it's what did, what did they say about the system? The system is flawed, right? And that's how I see the system. It's it's, it's a flawed system. Um, so when the police make an arrest, typically you never get one charge. When a police mm. when a police arrest you. You know, no matter how simple the charge is, they try to give you as many charges as they can because they want at least one or two of them to stick. And mm -hmm. if they, if you cop a plea, then 
you know, if there were five charges, they dropped three and then you caught the two. You know, if there mm-hmm. was three, then you they dropped two and then you played the one. So it's, it's you know, that's just the way that that works. So I, I understand it, not that I agree with it or or not. And, and it depends on the role that certain people play, whether it was a role of them just, whether the role of them participating, um, it just varies to me, bro. Um, but I, I understand it. I understand that that um, political game they play with it. Um, politicians use it when they want to run for office. They want to pit their heart on crime. You know, it's just it's it's just a game, bro. So, um, you know, if you ask me, do I feel like everybody should have went down with the ship? I don't know because I don't know what everybody's role was. So I, I don't know. Yes, sir. Um, the R. Kelly case reminds me of um, Jelaine uh, Maxwell and um, what was the um, the guy that committed suicide in prison? Um, Epstein. Damn there. there you go. Um, Epstein. Mm-hmm. Um. There were a lot of people. He did the same thing. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein. He did the same thing that um, R. Kelly did in terms of um, sex trafficking uh, minors. And um, instead of uh, going to jail or pleading guilty um, or defending himself in a um, court trial, he decided to take his own life. Um, it was too much of a burden. Allegedly. Uh, Allegedly, indeed. Um, Because um, there's still, um, the official report is that he took his own life uh, according to the autopsy medical examiner's um, statement on his death. But um, we believe that there must have been some type of foul play, if not to assist him in doing so, um, that he he may have known too many big names um, for him to um, remain alive. So there is the suggestion that somebody may have, um, there may have been some foul play in his uh, alleged suicide. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But before we get too deep into that, um, let's get back to this light subject. I'm going to give you some uh, title names that stood out. Um, it was uh, season three of the fourth season. There are four seasons altogether. Uh, I think, right? And I know that I just watched the last one, which was um, season three, the season finale. And the name of that episode was Terrell. Um, do, do you need me to um, re-familiarize you with what happened in that episode? Mm. It I'm was so the episode... I, 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 because yeah. I, I, I've been watching them 
this season, mm-hmm. um, not uh, consistently, uh, right? Because I hadn't I hadn't been able to track um, like what data actually came on. So okay, I um, have you seen the whole season? I don't want to spoil it for you. Oh, bro, you can't spoil it for me. I, I'm not one of those spoiler type people. I don't care. I, I watch it anyway. Oh, it would drive me crazy if somebody told me what happened. Like, damn, now I don't want to watch it. And it's no, not, not because with... because it's good or bad. It's just that once I know what's going to happen, I don't want to see something. So uh, no, I'm, it, I'm, not, it, I'm not like It's that. a real phenomenon with some people. Yeah, I, I got a, uh, a cousin that's like that. But I'm not like that at all. It's, <laughs> you know, you could tell me who won the basketball game. You could tell me who won the fight. I'm still, I still want to watch it. You know, I mean, I'm not like that. If, if somebody tells me yeah. it's like Breaking Bad, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you could tell me every episode of Breaking Bad, but I, I need to watch it for myself. You know? See what's going on. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> whatever your interpretation is of it doesn't mean that's going to be my interpretation. Hmm. Which is a, a big part of tonight's discussion. We're, we're going to go into some interpretations. And um, what I want to do is bring it back to uh, Sigmund Freud, which should interest you very much once we get to um, some lighthearted discussion. We go back to psychology and surrealism and how it associates with psychology. How about that, brother? I'm going to do it. Okay, so in Carrera, this is the season finale of um, season three of Atlanta. And I'll give a, a spoiler warning for those that are like myself who don't want to know what, what happened before um the episode they've had a chance to watch the episode that you can tune off right now so out of the two people that listen which is me and you brother (laughs) (laughs) um at least if somebody accidentally comes across this they have the spoiler warning um so in Terrell, which is the season finale, Van, do you know who Van is? The character Van, which is the female character. Yeah. Given a um sort of a, um you you would you would think that it, it's a male because of the name Van, but um I think it's short for something. Vanessa, right? They call her Van. Right. Or the uh, purposes of the uh, character on the show. Uh, let's see if I can uh, keep your uh, psychological mind. Uh, so in this episode of where Van has gone with um, Ernie and Darius and um, Paperboy over to um, Europe, for his European tour, his paper boys of of now um, coming of age uh, rapper, he's experiencing some type of success. 
that he's on a European tour um, off of uh, Rat. They're originally from Atlanta, hence the name of the show is called Atlanta. But for season three, they have these depictions of scenarios that they go through on this European tour. Uh, the last episode is Tartar, um, Tarar, which uh, means, which um, I didn't know what it meant, meant but I do need. I did know that Tartar is um, an um, Americanized um, uh, name for um, minced raw meat or hamburger. Did you know that, brother? I did not. Yeah. Um, it's spelled like tartar sauce. T-A-R-T-A-R, but uh, tartar is actually a, a European dish where they um, they eat the, the meat, uh, minced meat, or even um, whole meat, but they eat it in like rare, extremely rare, if cooked at all. Um, and they have a dipping sauce that they put it in. That's called tartar. Um, so this episode is spelled T-A-R-R-A-R-E, which is tarare as one word. So um, that was my analytical mind looking at how, why would they call this episode that name and being inquisitive as to what what's the meaning of it? Unfortunately, with surrealist um, types of episodes, there is no meaning. It it actually um, is the upside down of logic. There is no reasonable uh, scenario, which is what um, sometimes happens in our dreams. When we have dreams that we can't explain, that would be an example of surrealism for anybody in the audience that's listening to this show. And that's what we're going to talk about on a psychological basis and on a racism basis, because um, the third season really goes into racism and how it plays out um, one other episode that we're going to uh, discuss is um, episode nine, Rich Nigga, Poor Nigga is the name of that episode. And um, it, it's it's an episode about uh, a white boy. He looks phenotypically by appearance white as hell. But he actually has a black father. Uh, Kevin Samuels is in that episode. Do you remember that episode? Yep. And uh, All right. Kevin Samuels is in there, but also the comedian, um, what's his name? George. Um, <laughs> George, um, that's his goddamn name. Uh, that guy is funny as hell. Mm-hmm. I love him. Um, George Wallace. George Wallace, yep. 
Now, ain't that the same name of the racist that was blocking the school? <laughs> was it the black, um, that black, um, um, that black little black girl's student couldn't come into the um, uh, the racially segregated school. Uh, uh, I'm yep. not sure. I Governor George Wallace was the one that was blocking the door because the president had um, tried to integrate um, education in the, in the 1960s. I think it was um, John F. Kennedy who did that. Um, but um, if not John F. Kennedy, Lyndon um, Johnson, who had to finish out the um, term of presidency for John F. K. Um, because he was assassinated. There was a lot of racial tension when um, George Wallace was blocking that school. But back to the lighthearted Atlanta. Um, so Van, in episode 10, Terea, Terea, is... Um, He's involved in um, the suggesting that she's involved in drug dealing and um, strong on you mean um, people based on um, being in, involved in the drug business and she's just violent. The whole episode is, is pretty violent. But they use instead of using weapons to display the violence or depict the violence, uh, they use the French Italian baguette or what we call hero bread as her uh, baseball bat, and she's going around <laughs> with the uh, the baguette in her um, her little backpack like the Suicide Squad girl that has a, a baseball bat. Um, it was pretty funny. And um, that's what this show is really all about. It, it's actually humor about things that you would never think of. And to see if there is some, if it can point out something that's actually happening in society, but from a, from a, unrealistic perspective. Um, so if you needed a definition of a working definition of surrealism, that's what it attempts to do. Um, it, it attempts to show you a mirror of society, of actual society, but, but through the absence of logic, through absurdity. Do you remember that episode now that I or you may still not have even seen the, the uh, tenth episode. Sorry. Well, I don't know if I. I don't. Rem, I remember the episode of um, racism. I remember if it was nine mm. or ten. I do remember that episode, mm. and I think that may have been the last episode I saw. Okay, so that would have been um, episode nine. Although um, all of those episodes dealt with um, racism. Let's uh, switch over to um, 
let me get the exact title name for episode nine. It's Rich Wigger. So it's not rich niggas, it's rich wigger. Uh, for those not familiar with the term wigger, that is a white boy that um, acts black. They're called in the uh, urban slang a wigger because they act black, but they're actually white. So that's a play on words in the title as well, as Tar Rare is. Uh, so episode nine is entitled Rich Wigger, Poor Wigger. Um, your thoughts on, on um, watching that episode? Let me just uh, re-familiarize with what happened. Um, so, and I'll give the audience another warning of the spoiler alert. Um, this episode, Rich Wigger, Poor Wigger, is about a white boy who has a black father. Right. Now, at school, um, right. Financial Jog your memory, right? Yeah, no, I, so, yeah, I remember it clearly. Um, oh, okay. And, but, uh, but, I, but, but it, it also, there's, there's a black guy. I don't know why his name is escaping right now, but he's a graduate mm-hmm. of Morehouse University. Mm-hmm. And what he did was, as his, he was a keynote speaker. And so what he did was in his keynote address at the end of it, he said that he was going to pay everybody, that class, whole tuition. Hmm. Right? And so everybody who was graduating was gra- graduating with no college debt. Hmm. Right? And so Kevin Samuels, it's a, it's a spinoff of what, that, of what the uh, Morehouse College um, uh, uh, keynote speaker did. And so in Kevin Samuels. Oh, so that was actually done in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. The Kevin Samuels character was ironically called Richard um, Shay Lee. <laughs> no, not Richard. Um, Robert Shay Lee was the character okay. that. Um, that um Kevin Samuels played in that in that episode. Now, Which makes sense because I think the guy who uh the graduate of Morehouse, who's a keynote speaker, mm-hmm. I think his first name is Robert. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what his last name is, but his first name is Robert. Wow. Now now you do know who Robert Lee is, right? <laughs> yeah, he's a Confederate. He's a Confederate of the right. Confederate Army. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which had me laughing my ass over because I don't know a lot of people may not may not have known who Robert Lee is. So the school is called Stonewall Jackson, who's another damn Confederate. And um so they they um changed the the, the character Robert Shea Lee that Kevin Samuels play plays he doesn't like the name of the school because it is a rebel confederate that the, the school is named after Samuel um, um, Stonewall Jackson. So he renames the school 
Robin <laughs> Lee High School after himself, but his name is actually the name of another Confederate race. <laughs> so I don't know if people will get it, but um, that that had me cracking up. And a lot of people, that would just went over the head of a lot of people because yep. they're not familiar with who who they is. Who, and that's who, why, and, who those people are. Right. And that's why some people don't, can't get into it because it requires them right. to think. And people don't like to think, right. you know, when it comes to the movies, right. they want to just have fun and laugh. And so right. when it requires them to think, they miss those, those, those subtleties. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Because they don't know, they don't know the history. And so mm-hmm. it's only after the fact that someone has to tell them, well, this is what this was. This is what this was. Then they get it. It's almost like, right. you know, in, in some instance of watching a different version of the boondocks. Right. And, 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 and that's the brilliance of surrealism when it works. I, I think for the season three, a lot of times it didn't work. Um, for instance, let me see if I remember one title that didn't work for me. Uh, your opinion may vary. Uh, Trinity to the Bone was season three, episode seven. That made absolutely no sense to me. It was about a, a Trinidad woman who was the nanny for a white boy. And the white boy um, started developing black feelings when the nanny died. Um, and they went to the and they went to the black church, right? The black funeral. <laughs> yeah, the black funeral. Well, how did that not make sense to you, though? That it was it sense, was very but, but, it was very stereotypical. But right, but but here's what I was looking for uh, a point to the episode. Now, if you're just trying to show um, the the um, the nuance of the relationship between the nanny and the white child that, that she actually raises for the white parents, somehow developing um, some black traits and black uh, beliefs instead of its European <laughs> um, beliefs. I can see that, but... um. I think the the attempt to to show that um, was done poorly. That's funny because I actually got that because I because yeah I they, got they, it but uh, I was like um, what's the point beyond that? Well, well, okay. So to me, okay, just to me, I felt mm-hmm. like um, it was a it was a play on um, the black kid. Um, no, the white kid adopting right. these black these black ideologies and stereotypes, <laughs> right. and the right. parents had no idea, you know, right. what, what, you know how and why this kid had these connections and this adapt adapt um, adaptation to mm-hmm. this black woman. But not only that, but not understanding who the black woman was in her community. Hmm. Indeed. That's exactly the point, brother. It it if 
if you if you're watching it, and which which is why I mentioned, um, "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" When you watch "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" the movie by the Cohen Brothers, directed by by the Cohen Brothers, um, you're gonna say, "Oh, this shit is so fucking racist. Who who the hell would create this?" But um, the the Odyssey, which a lot of uh, which is part, the great part about American literature is, and, and what what uh, would culminate into the great empires, empires with an S, of Western civilization and Western thought, Western philosophy, is based on things like the Odyssey that made absolutely no sense to everybody except for those with a keen mind to catch these little subtleties. Um, so that's what we will attempt to do tonight. Um, so, so we're so, discussing so let, these episodes of Atlanta. So 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 let me add to that, right? It's kind of like, yes, like for me, being a Mason, right? Mm-hmm. And, living, and living in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. The Washington D.C. was built on the square, which mm-hmm. is one of our, which is which is one of our emblems that we use in in, in Mason. Mm-hmm. But not only was yes, it sir. built and designed that way on this angle, but the person mm-hmm. who the, the the architect was also a Mason, mm-hmm. right? And so yes, when you when you look at the, the design to the to the average eye, it, it's nothing. You don't pay attention to any of this. Right. When when you when you when when you look at the Washington Monument, when you look at the Capitol and the way that it's designed and how they sit parallel to one another, if you're not hmm. of the know, you that doesn't look like anything to you. Right. You know, you just you, it, it, you just it walk has in no house. interest or value to absolutely you. right absolutely. And so everything is, in Washington D.C. is designed masonically, but hmm. if you if you're not a mason, you don't know that, right? Or do you know what or to see its value? Right. <laughs> right. Um, I think in, um, to give um, black people that may listen to this episode an example of how powerful Washington D.C. is. Um, when you look at the pyramids, which may be something uh, black people may be a little more familiar with, you are only seeing this triangle. But other people that look at the pyramid who actually study um, the um, the meta knowledge, as uh, Dr. Collard would call it, the the knowledge that goes beyond what you actually see it's um it's something very powerful about the pyramids that most people won't understand uh what is familiar to them that will probably uh, point to how great the pyramids are is that um the historians and the um archaeologists who and uh, who have um, diagnosed or examined the pyramids have this famous saying, 
that uh, we still don't know to this day with all our science how they created the pyramids. Uh, that's one of the famous scientific statements about the pyramids. But um, the pyramids have a um, a meaning, whether you understand how it's built or not, that goes beyond what you're actually seeing. It may seem to some like this is an uh, African or an Egyptian civilization, and they built the Great Pyramids, and that's the end of it for them. But when you're a, a, a critical thinker or someone that, that looks at things to analyze why they did what they did, then you can see a more powerful meaning to whether we know how they built the pyramids or not is, is irrelevant. The fact that greatness is the symbol that we should be studying. I think, um, if I may take liberty, um, to say about the, uh, the square and the compass in the symbol of the Masonic um, symbolism, you may just see it as a square and a compass. You may not even know what the, the G and all of that other stuff means. But what is significant about the uh, symbol is it has a greater meaning for those who actually study in those tenets. Absolutely. And that is the so-called secret, but it's, it's actually not a secret, nor are the pyramids a secret. It's that you have to have an inquisitive mind in order to get the relevance and importance of the pyramids and of um, masonry or any type of um, uh, meta-science or meta-knowledge, knowledge that goes beyond what you see. Uh, tonight's episode of Black Mental Health and Race, we, we got away from the, the actual physical reality to take you into this step of opening your mind. So I always say to people at the end of the episodes to keep an open mind. It's not to keep an open mind to foolishness, but to keep an open mind that what you see with your physical eye may not be what things are in reality. But um, subconsciously, which is why we'll get into the psychological aspect of surreal, surrealism and symbolism is what is actually going on, what is actually controlling your will, your behaviors, and your actions and thoughts may be subconsciously driven or driven by your dreams or the those uh, things that seem absurd. I hope I, I made uh, my point of the significance of tonight's episode. Um, I know a lot of people won't get it, but a lot of people don't get um, why people are in fraternities and organizations um, and rightfully so, because most people just want to be entertained. But I think um, the things that we see 
there's a there's a great saying in the the masonry as above as below if i'm correct in, in that in that being a, a famous saying of the masons it has a, a a different meaning to people that study than people who want to be entertained yeah bro i i there's a lot of misnomers about people that are in fraternities and sorority mm. and things like that. Um, and it's mostly people that aren't in them. Um, you know, who try to give mm. their perspective about what it is. And that's foolish. And I think that it's foolish of them to talk about things that they don't know. But I think it's even more mm. foolish of you to believe it. Mm. Because it's, it's almost like talking about heaven and hell. You know, it's one thing to be a man person been there. You know, for someone to be telling you something about heaven and hell, that's hmm. foolish. But it's even more foolish of you to believe it. Because and, and collecting your money because they're telling you about something they've never been to. <laughs> exactly. But you're a bigger fool than them because you you actually pay hmm. for something that they don't know what they're talking about. Hmm. You know, so same thing with fraternities and sororities. If you're not in a fraternity, you, I mean, you really don't know. I mean, you just, hmm. you know, you don't you, know. You just think, right. The book that you read about it is true. Right. What somebody told you about it is true. You don't know right. for sure you aren't in it, you know. Hmm. And so you, you just espousing something that someone else said. Hmm. You know, and so, you have no idea how powerful they really are. <laughs> you think it's about a fraternity. Fraternity, when it's nothing could be further from the truth, it is much deeper than it looks on the surface. Yeah. I, and I think that that is what's so brilliant about the people that built the pyramids. Most people only see it from its external view. But when they cracked open this pyramid and went down inside of uh, these um, pyramids, there was an even greater mystery or puzzle that needed to be solved. Like, why did they put this little room in this big-ass pyramid? And why are these, all of these um, raveling staircases and uh, winding staircases to get to this little room? And those are the things that that you have to begin to have a scientific mind to see beyond the art of something like like Atlanta, like um, the uh, the square in Washington D.C. You have to get beyond what you're seeing and what, or what people are telling you, and wonder having a, a scientific mind and ask why or how. Those are the questions that would make you an observer rather than someone that's looking to be entertained. Yeah, bro. People need people don't understand why the Capitol is built the way the way that it's built, situated mm. the way that it's built, and mm. they don't understand why DC is broken up into the Capitol sits here. 
but everything is divided into four quadrants, right? Hmm. It's North Capital, East Capital, South Capital. You know, all, all of those things will lead you to the Capital. Hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a design. And when you understand right. that design, you could get all across, you know, each one of these, um, well, New York, I think y'all call them what? Um, barriers or boroughs. You could, right. once, you, once you understand how DC is designed, it's, it's no longer a maze to you. But if you don't <laughs> understand it, it's, 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 it's a maze to you. Hmm. <laughs> and you're just but, oblivious to what the hell is going on. <laughs> right. But they all lead you to the Capitol and you don't even know that. Hmm. And that's the way it is with these systems, whether, whether it be the Egyptian system uh, or the, the, the system of race, the, the racism system. In order to understand it, you have to get beyond what you're seeing on the surface. So you may see a George Floyd um, killed by police and you are outraged. But when you get beyond what is the power that allows this police officer to think that he can get away with that, then you understand racism. You don't understand it by outrage for George Floyd outrage from Martin Luther King, you have to see the power in the system behind people's conduct. And that is what we come to you every week with Black Mental Health and Race. And it may seem boring as hell to you, but I ask you to begin to listen to our conversation very clearly and to start to look up some things, do some fact checking and keep an open mind. Not an open mind to foolishness, but an open mind when two black men are actually speaking. And we're not talking about um, rump shaker. We're not talking about um, all of the other stuff, uh, twisting a blunt. We're not talking about stuff that is nigga shit. Um, that uh, that is really entertaining to us as black men and women. Nigga shit is more entertaining than opening your mind to something that most people can't see in the first place. Because as we spoke about last week, most people are sheep. They're easily led in the wrong direction, hard to lead in the right direction. Um the people who become the most powerful and the most aware or as they like to properly call it now, woke are the people who look beyond what they're seeing to see what is the power behind it and how do I navigate through it or with it be powerful myself. That is the purpose of uh, the Gnostic or the one that studies beyond the, the physical. But back to this episode on Atlanta, brother, this gets very deep. And then we'll get into the psychology of all of this. Um, 
what I did was give them a little um, gem on what is the purpose of, of conversation. Conversation between me and Dr. Moore, um, on the surface, it may seem boring, but when you get down into an actual conversation, if you go back and listen to these episodes again and again, um, even the ones that you thought made no sense, which is why I brought up a Lancer, because I didn't think that some of them made any sense. So it can happen to anybody. It has nothing to do with your intelligence. It has everything to do with, are you inquisitive? Are you curious to know why things work the way they work? It has nothing to do with your intelligence. It has something to do with how human beings are more inclined to be sheep and entertain and follow rather than lead and become powerful. Yep. Any pawn can become a, a, a rook, a knight, a queen once it hits that back mm. row. Mm. You have to decide whether or not you want to continue to be a pawn. Hmm. Amen, brother. Because you're a pawn by default already. <laughs> so you you don't even get a choice of being a pawn. The, the, what life is about is getting to that back row. And um, it's easier said than done. But if you get back to that back row, you will be rewarded with having the option of choosing what your narrative is going to be. And so when you, you see our show, it says changing narrative that was scripted for us. That's what we mean. All of the things that we write down and show you in the symbols or speak in the conversation is getting beyond what you're hearing, understanding who you are. And so our program is about self-improvement. But we do it through talking to these topics like R. Kelly, uh, talking to uh, shows like Atlanta. All of these things that we're saying have more significant meaning to how you will develop your mind, particularly for the young audience, because it's much harder to teach a person that's old and thinks they know everything. Oh, I know what them damn masons is about. Oh, I know what the nation is about. I know what this is about. This fraternity is about. I know what this, these politics are about. And you begin to isolate yourself and withdraw from the systems that make people great. Well, I tell and you what. I'll give you a big, big example of that. I withdrew from a lot of systems, brother. And I have nothing to show for it now other than my stubbornness made me miss the point. And I'm pretty observant and I'm pretty analytical. But just in these conversations that we've been having in the last two years, a light bulb has come on my head once again. And so I thank you for that. Absolutely. And what I'll add to that is something that I say 
all the time. You know, I say it to my wife and I say it to my kids because with the younger generation, sometimes this new generation, it's hard to tell them anything because they feel like they know it all. Mm-hmm. Um, with the older generation, kind of the same thing. And so mm-hmm. what I what I tell them all the time is practice humility because. When you feel like you know everything, you don't leave any room to learn something new. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Nobody yeah, can, can tell you anything. Very detrimental. Absolutely. Mm. To your future, you, you won't absolutely. have a future. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's hard to have a conversation. <laughs> with someone that feels like they know everything. Hmm. Yes, so when you aren't humble, then it's hard for you to learn because you can't hmm. see past your own shit. So be careful when you say something is boring or something doesn't interest you. It may be everything that you need. Absolutely. Or that you feel like you already know that. I already know about this. I already know about the fraternities. I already know about the sorority. I already know about the masons. I already know about... Well, if you already mm. know, I, I I just feel like, you know, you I already know. You on top. Like, <laughs> I already know about them. I already know about them college students. I already know about the niggas that go to college. You know, <laughs> then, mm. you know, then where you are with your status in life should be manifesting that. Hmm. And I think that's the biggest wake up call for me, brother. And I'm pretty damn knowledgeable, not to toot my own horn, but there's something I'm not getting. And sometimes somebody got to come and show you. When the student is ready, the teacher will come. Hmm. Hmm. Amen, brother. Um, let's take a quick break and come back and talk about more about Atlanta. Now, for the fool, you're going to think that it has no relevance to your life whatsoever. As um, what makes Western civilization so powerful is that this story of the Odyssey, it makes absolutely no sense but if you want to know anything about power, you have to understand the Odyssey, not by the words that are written, but the significance of the meaning behind the words. That is what is in Atlanta. That is in everything that you see from when you walk in through the streets of D.C., everything that looks just like an ordinary street is something more than that. 
everything that you see on the buildings, the architecture, like, like the um, the ghouls that is that are shown on the architecture in New York City on some of the old uh, pre-war buildings. Um, they have these um, symbolisms right on the actual building. If you were an Egyptian back in the time of Egypt, you would see the symbolism of the pyramid as more than just a building. It's something in there that you need to master. Like you see a library, it's just a building. But this, if you look at it just from the outside, you're not getting it. And it, you're going to suffer in life where you don't have to suffer. We can teach you how to live in racism and not suffer. Um, there will be some suffering, but there won't be as much. You don't have to um, always take losses because we're in a racist society if you know how to maneuver through it. The rappers show you it all the time, but they're showing you a false sense of security. They put on gold chains and drive big, fancy cars. That is the goal. But the goal is, is not the fancy car and the gold and the, and the actual wearing of gold. But to have that power without even with just a jeans and a T-shirt on. What most people don't understand is that most white people that are billionaires, they walk around the same shirt and jeans and sneakers on. And you would never know that they're rich. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense because most rich people save their money. Most, <laughs> poor, people, most poor people spend theirs. Hmm. Indeed, brother. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after these messages. Peace to the universe. Peace to the God. You are listening to Black Mental Health and Race. Stay tuned for part two of Black Mental Health and Race. <laughs> 